I'm just going to go ahead and introduce myself. My name is Jody Halstead, and I run the only website dedicated to family vacations in Ireland, not too ironically called Ireland Family Vacations. And today I have as my guests um, David and Elizabeth Ross. Now, they own a lovely place in West Cork that is called Top of the Rock, which is a pod park and a walking center. Um, and the name, it actually has been called Top of the Rock for quite a long time. And we're going to talk with David and Elizabeth about um, how it came to be, why they have pods, what is a pod, and, uh, and a little bit more about their adventures in starting this business in West Cork. Um, but before I get started, I really do want to extend our own personal prayers um, from my family to uh, Corey Terratuda. Now, if if you're around Irish blogs and, and podcasts and everything, you know um, Corey by name. He is the, the voice and, and many of the uh, articles behind the Irish Fireside which is a wonderful blog and podcast. And Corey is just one of the nicest people you'll ever meet in your life and has been a huge supporter of mine. And I'm honored to call him a friend. Um, I recently found out that Corey's, Corey's ill <laughs> and uh, could, use, could use all the prayers and uh, well wishes that anybody could send. So if you happen to know Corey or know of Corey or of the Irish Fireside and you want to pop onto their Facebook page and uh, just send Corey some well wishes, I know that that would be much appreciated. And David, I know that uh, you know Corey. Yes, indeed, Jody. Corey came here in July um, last year. Uh, well, that is in, in July 2014. Just a very short visit, but uh -huh. he, is, he is such a lovely person and he has such a a really warm nature to him. We so appreciated him coming here. And then his Irish Fireside uh, blog is just so well done, so really well, uh -huh. well produced. And we realized that it was he who had sent you along to us as well, Jody. So look, we, we've been- Yeah, I actually found out about you. Yes. Yep. Yep, I found out about you from Corey um, when when I was talking about, you know, venturing into the world of hosteling because it wasn't something that my family had done. And Corey had a wonderful article about, you know, the best boutique hostels in Ireland and, and you were part of that. And we didn't get around to it the year I read about it, but then last year we did make it. So, and it was a great experience. I, I don't necessarily want to call Top of the Rock a hostel. Um, but it does have a lot of hosteling qualities. Uh, we stayed with you last summer and we stayed in one of your pods. Now, the pods are incredibly unique. So could you tell me why why pods? What's what's the story behind the pods at Top of the Rock? Okay. Well, pods are a form of glamping and glamping is kind of glamorous camping, as you know. Pods are really Irish. Mm -hmm. I mean, we do have yurts in Ireland, but yurts do not originate in Ireland. But uh, pods really resonate with our history and our landscape because they are modelled on the old Galarus oratory out in County Kerry. Um, those of you who are watching Star Wars at the moment can see that those little stone-shaped <laughs> uh, structures out on Skelligs. And th there's a, a little church like that from the 7th century out in Ballyferreter, which you've probably seen. and the, 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 
um, the man who invented the pod or who designed the pod was an, a British engineer. And he actually designed it on the basis of that early Christian church structure. So they're oval shaped, they're like an upturned boat. They've got a lot of uh, comfort in them because they're so well insulated. They're ergonomic. The, the, the storm that we have tonight is going this way over them. Um, <laughs> it's, they're just really cozy. Elizabeth, what do you think about them? Yes, they're largely made of timber as well. So they've got a lovely cozy feel mm. and they're insulated very, very well with, is it sheep's wool? Sheep's wool. Sheep's then. wool. So they're yeah. very, very cozy even in the winter. That's handy. Yeah, they're all year round basically. And of course we have heaters in them as well. Well, I, so. well and I know that when we were there, it was very cozy. Um, you know, we weren't cold. Uh, you know, and and it got chilly even even in the end of August. It gets it gets chilly in the evening out there in Cork. Um, now, but when you when you were setting up top of the rock, can you give me a little bit of background as to why why a walking center, why a camping area in West Cork? Sure. Well, um, in two thousand and six, we we uh, I was just an ordinary farmer, and we did a course. Uh, the care and maintenance of local heritage uh, in our local village and that led on to to the participants in that course had to find a project so we had a lovely walk along by our river well it was just scrubland at that time and we felt let's open up a walk beside the river that'll be our project what started as a half a mile became nine miles of walkways in this parish of Drimaleague and that's when all the farmers came on board and opened their lands so therefore when it came to 2013, we had nine miles of walkways. We had a lot of people coming to, to walk the walkways, but there was very little accommodation, just one or two B&Bs in the village, but no, no other type of accommodation. And we felt that a pod park with seven pods, room for camper vans and room for a few tents and a walking center, a large room, a large building really dedicated to being a walking centre to get people out walking would be the thing. So we, we applied for funding from our local, the European funds in Ireland, and we were very thankfully, very grateful to receive about uh, about 50% of the funding. And so therefore our farm has become a walking, a centre of walking and a centre of accommodation. And we love it. Most of the time we love it, don't we, Elizabeth? Yeah. <laughs> but you're still, Oh, and it's beautiful there. I mean, just you're you're sitting on you're basically at the pinnacle of the well, you're at the top of the rock. I mean, that's that's where the town used to be, if I'm not mistaken. That's right, that's right. indeed. Of course, you have a wonderful top of the rock in New York, the top of the Rockefeller Center. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we of course would slightly predate that in that this place was known as the top of the rock, Barnacarga in Irish, uh, up to 15 or 1600 years ago. But we like your top of the rock as well. We haven't been there yet, mind you, but we could do a little bit of <laughs> business with them, I'm sure. Yeah. That's that's quite the marketing scheme you've got in mind there, but uh, they might be able to work with you. I don't know. Now, top of the rock, like you, like you started with, that's a family farm mm -hmm. and it has been for quite a number of years. Yes, indeed. My grandfather, Samuel Ross, came here in 1920. He just came about a mile from another farm, and my 
great-grandfather came about another mile from the opposite direction. And um, so we're the third generation of Rosses on this farm. We have reared five children on this farm and uh, we've got three grandchildren. That's, we, we, and am, yes. am I remembering, is, is one of the grandchildren relatively new? Yes, yes. yes. Well, right. yeah, that's, that's right. right. In August, that's right. Well done, Jody. Yeah. In, well, that's that's still relatively new. Yes. Now, walking the the walking passion that uh, that you have, that's kind of generational as well, is it? Elizabeth, do you want to answer that? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Well, <laughs> David's grandfather actually lost. Um, kind of lost the use of his legs when he was in his 60s was it mm -hmm. David mm -hmm. and he I think it was gangrene or something like that and he had to have stumps fitted to his legs but he kept working on the farm and he he made special crutches in order to be able to still go out and weed the turnips or whatever and so his his um, story is very inspirational of somebody who persevered to move around so from that point of view yes it well, definitely is yes. <laughs> something <laughs> that, that comes to the generation. Well, it, it definitely, you know, kind of shares that never give up spirit that, I mean, you had to have to begin. I mean, this, this is a really big venture that you started kind of in the middle of, I mean, there's, there's not a lot that is, is right there. I mean, nobody would think that this is probably a really good place to start such a, a business that was, I'm assuming took quite a little bit of investment and uh, not a, not a small amount of prayer. <laughs> You're absolutely right, Judy, and <laughs> and and really, it, it was a very. I'm 57, aren't I? I think I am. Elizabeth is a lot younger, of course, <laughs> as you can see. And uh, I think I will be, if I'm spared, I'll be 70 years by the time we finish paying off the bank uh, for this. But it's it's not just a it's not just a business it's a it's a calling it's a it's something that was set before us to do and we we actually do feel the hand of god upon it we really do and uh, we just love welcoming people and showing people the beauty of god's creation around us and also it's a, it's the start of the saint finbar's pilgrim way in other words um uh, over 1500 years ago saint finbar who is the patron saint of all of county cork he actually stood here at the top of our farm, at the top of the rock, uh, so the story goes, and he admonished the people to return to Christ, and then he went on his way to Guganbara. Now, Guganbara is an amazing place, two days journey over the mountains from here, and it's a pilgrim walk to his hermitage. And his hermitage, if you look it up on the web, it's just this beautiful little church high island in the midst of a lake. It's like the Glendalough of County Cork. So, oh, nice. so yes. now it's, is that something, um, because you are a walking center, I would assume that you, you, do you lead people on this or do you send them on their way and kind of give them stops or how do you, how do you uh, work with the, uh, the St. Finbar's way um, within these pilgrimage walks? Sure. Well, we, we actually lead about three official pilgrim walks every year. There's about 40, 50 or 60 people come on those. We have one on National Pilgrim wow. Week at Easter time. Then we do another one in August and we generally do another one in September with a, in conjunction with a walking week. But there are people coming 
every week really from Easter right through to September who will walk it on their own and we'll give them advice and we'll send them on their way and if necessary we'll pick them up and give them give them help along the way as well you know so it's it's just that they come from France England America Ireland it's quite it's quite something now are there any are there any are there any um you know special things that they do because i know that there are some pilgrimage walks where you know people will do it barefoot or sometimes on their knees do they do any of that with with the saint finbar's walk or not the 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 one the barefoot one is crow patrick up in county mayo that's saint patrick's one okay the one on their knees is in loch derg which is a little island way up in county Fermanagh. that's quite something this one is 37 kilometers so you you would need a pair of shoes and your knees just wouldn't <laughs> after doing that so it's um it's i think the pilgrim walk that we have here is like it always was down through the centuries groups of people walking together uh, and the journey is as important as the destination and in the journey we always have a you know we we do the contemplative saint finbar's pilgrim walk where I would stop maybe every hour and we just have a short meditation on some aspect of St. Finbar's life and the, the gospel that he brought. And it's that sense of camaraderie and helping each other on and praying for each other and talking and just sharing the journey and arriving and eating, of course. Uh, we do not believe in fasting on pilgrimage. We believe <laughs> great feasts along the way in the various communities. And there's one lady... So Oh, yes. No, go, go, go. There's one lady who Tell lives me more. Feast. She, she opens up her farmhouse door and she puts out buns and burgers and cake. And it's just fantastic. What Friday did. Talk to us a little wow. bit. Wow. Yeah. Homemade fruit cake. <laughs> yes, that's right. And she just does this as something for She doesn't charge for it. She just opens her home and it's just on the way up the mountain. So it's a very welcome break for the walkers. <laughs> oh, wow. I've bet now now when you lead those you said they're a two-day walk so do you do you have lodgings that you stop at along the way is it a is it a solid walk or is it something where you would leave uh top of the rock in the morning and you would walk part of it and then be shuttled back and then shuttle out the next morning to the the place where you stop the night before and then continue or or do you stop at at other locations to to sleep and, th and things sure when when people do it uh, on their own or solo, they usually stop at a little B&B about halfway, right? When we do it, we tend to shuttle the people back by bus and they stay in B&Bs in Bantry, Drum League, and of course in our pod park as well. So, yeah, it, accommodation is there, but it's pretty scarce. Yeah. But at the very end, okay. there's a one hotel called the Gugan Barra Hotel. If you look up G-U-G-A-N-E, Gugan Barra Hotel, it's a fantastic place. Mm -hmm. Joanna, would you bring me the St. Finbar's walking stick, please? Yeah, I'm just going to show you yeah, the you have a walking stick that we, that we have for the for the St. Finbar's walk. And it's okay. just here. It's a walking stick that we, we, we cut them in the local woods and a good friend of mine um, uh, works them. And then we have a lovely leather um, St. Finbar's. Uh, uh, oh, here we are. Thank you, Joanna. That's so kind. Here is the walking stick of St. Finbar. And this mm -hmm. is the, okay, the St. Finbar logo. Okay. logo. Oh, the, 
And, and there is a picture of the St. Finbar's logo actually on my article too, yes. um, which I have linked in the sidebar in case you can't quite make that out. So in the, this in is the pretty tooled leather. So this is how you start thing off the so, way. So a walking stick, a walking stick is a necessity along the route. Yes, and a good pair of walking boots as well. <laughs> yeah. Excellent. Now, for those people who maybe are traveling with a family like I did or just aren't after, you know, that long of a walk, you have some really nice walks that you can access directly from the pod park as well that are, are quite a little bit shorter. Absolutely, yeah. We have got a lovely walk just around the perimeter of our farm, actually, and um, just down to the river, along the river, and back up. Just a loop that would take about forty-five minutes. Um, there's another loop nearby around an alpaca farm, and there's a beautiful waterfall on that farm as well. So there are a number of shorter walks that one can do. And most people who come and stay at the pod park always end up doing a few of those, even if they didn't intend to. They normally end up doing and they really enjoy them. So it's a lovely way of introducing children just to nature and beauty and, and walking. Yeah. And and you're completely right about introducing the children. I know that uh, when we were there, we did the the walk down down to the river and you know the stones that cross the river are incredibly fun, you know, skipping across the stones and praying your children don't fall in and soak. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, and then the alpaca walk, like you mentioned, is not only a beautiful walk, but if you contact Emma in advance, you can arrange to actually walk the alpacas yes, along okay. the route, which absolutely, which is incredibly, incredibly yeah. unique. So yeah. great, great fun there. Now, speaking of walks, there are quite a bit of or quite a few walks that are further afield that you would want to drive to. Um, because you're very, very close to the Wild Atlantic Way. We're just about eight miles from the Wild Atlantic Way uh, in a place called Skibbereen. And then on the other side uh, of, in Bantry, we're 12 miles from it. And there's this wonderful peninsula that runs right out from Bantry called the Sheep's Head Peninsula, about 17 miles long. And you can walk right along the ridge on the top of that with the sea and both sides of you underneath. It's quite spectacular. And there's a lovely lighthouse and Best of all, a tea room at the end called mm -hmm. On Cup <laughs> in Irish. That's right. Yes. Yeah. And and if you don't want to walk the entire 17 kilometers of the peninsula, you can drive the very beautiful, narrow climbing road to the, the tea shop and yes. just walk the last. They, they say it's two kilometers from the tea shop to the lighthouse as the crow flies. And I say that the, the hills and valleys add another two. Yes. But it's a stunning, stunning bit of walk. It is. It's amazing. Yeah. yeah. And Bantry Town itself. Um, nice. Mm -hmm. Bantry Town and Bantry House in particular. It's a lovely old stately mansion in the town of Bantry. And that's particularly nice as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And you have quite a few um, activities then within walking or within driving distance that are, you know, more adventure based, maybe uh, boat rides and, and horse trekking and things like that. Am I correct? That's right, indeed. Um, in Ross Carberry, which is a lovely seaside town about 20 minutes from here, there's uh, two or three adventure parks, uh, water adventures, and then kind of golf type uh, adventure stuff for children. 
And um, then in Clonakilty, there's a lovely place called the railway, the West Cork Model Railway. So it's a big model railway set up with the old West Cork Railway in little trains running around the place. It's really nice. Um, there's great water sports. There's good kayaking. Um, there's a guy called Jim Kennedy who runs Atlantic Sea Kayaking. Um, that was recently featured in the Vaga Brothers um, videos. Um, and uh, okay. so that, that's, that's very attractive, really. There's a lot of sailing out on the Sheep's Head as well, mm -hmm. uh, sailing school. And, well, uh, and yeah. is, isn't there a, a whale watching that goes out of West Cork too? Nick Slocum is his name. And uh, he, he does whale watching uh, from, uh, from Baltimore. And then there's there are seven islands off our coast, all inhabited, and you can do um, a lot of whale watching and uh, fishing off of those as well. And all that is within an hour or three quarters of an hour even from here. And then the very most southerly point of Ireland, the, the mizzen head, is just about an hour away. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So you're you're really well located for for those activities along the wild Atlantic way. Now, what about if you were to stay inland um, and and maybe go more, you know, northerly or easterly, what would what would people be able to do day trip wise from your location? Our location, people can actually drive to Gugon Barrett and they can do walking around the, the hills there. And I suppose a lot of people would go to Kinsale from here. It's about 15 mm -hmm. minutes. People would go to Cork City and enjoy the English market and all the different the historic places in Cork City. Cork is about an hour away from here. And of course, Cork Airport, okay. which is the second largest airport in Ireland, is, is there. Now, um, some people would come to our pod park and they wouldn't be driving a car. They would be eco-friendly. So they'd be bringing the, getting the bus and they'd be hiring a bike and walking. And that's quite manageable as well. Um, so really... West Cork is just a, it's a microcosm of all that is really good in Ireland. And yet it's not overcrowded either. It's it's still quite unspoiled, isn't it, Elizabeth? Yeah, absolutely. And you can even access Killarney from here, about an hour and a half drive to Killarney. It's quite manageable in a day and there's so much to do around there as well. Muckross House and Torque Waterfall and mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, Ireland's highest mountain, Karen <laughs> Yeah. So. And the beaches, Excellent. we have some lovely beaches in West Cork as well. About a half an hour from here, you're, you're in, in very good beaches as well. Yeah. But but your beaches in Ireland aren't, uh, aren't quite as warm as maybe some people are thinking about when they're thinking of a beach getaway. So what would your tips be if people are wanting to actually visit the beaches, you know, on a typical Irish summer day? Because the water's not, you know, the beautiful 75 degrees that, that people may be looking for? You answered that, Elizabeth. You're True. the swimmer. Perhaps you should bring a wetsuit then. <laughs> I just enjoy the waves. Now, do you know? <laughs> always pack your hoodie as well. <laughs> yeah. Great. Now, do they do any surfing off of those beaches there? Because I know surfing in some areas of Ireland is really quite a, a popular sport. Is there surfing off West Cork? Uh, surfing on um, Red Strand, the, yeah. the most of the surfing in Ireland is on is off the west coast. Uh, what we're on here is more the okay. west coast. Well, the, the, it's kind of south and southwest. So you wouldn't have the massive Atlantic breakers 
that you would have up along the western coast, like Clay, okay. and Galway. Right. Yeah. Okay. Like La and County Clare now is, is the place for surfing, and our good friend mm -hmm. John McCarthy runs a, a, a surfing school up there, which is very famous because he's the foremost surfing guy in Ireland. So that's the place for surfing. Oh yeah. wow! <laughs> now. Let's talk a little bit about the pods. We kind of uh, kind of got off of the pods a little bit, but I want to go back to uh, the facilities that you have there because you really have created a, just a fabulous. It's it's a, a beautiful blend of you know a hostel and a camping environment that it, it just flows so nicely. I think that I I told you the showers were some of the best that I had encountered. You know in any campground anywhere. And uh, so I wanna talk a little bit about how you designed the pods, the different pods that you have, and then the facilities that you do have in the walking center. So can you tell me um, first, I know you have, there are two, I mean, you could maybe say three types of pods. You have the luxury pods, the standard pods, and then you have a family pod, if I'm not mistaken. You talk about that, Liz? Yeah, that's right. Um, the standard pod is our smallest pod. So it sleeps two to three people, really. Um, and we provide some camp beds and mattresses in those. And the idea is that people bring their own sleeping bag or duvet and pillow. So it's just simple, but it's um, people bring their own uh, sleeping bag and pillow. And there's a heater inside and it's lit. Um, and then all the facilities that you need are in the main building, like the showers, toilets, wash hand basins, a fully equipped self-catering kitchen, um, a place where you can eat with tables, um, a games room with table tennis and pool. Um, so all those facilities are provided. And the family pod is, is basically the same, except it's bigger. So it will, it will sleep about five people, so a family. Um, and again, we provide the mattresses, you bring your own bedding and um, pillows. I mean, we can provide bedding if people need them. So if people fly in from somewhere and they can't bring their bedding, we can't yeah. buy and pillows and towels. Which we were very thankful for because for us to, you know, bring camping bedding, I mean, the luggage allowance just wouldn't allow it. So we were incredibly thankful that, that you did have that option for us yeah. to add bedding on. That's right. Um, and we stayed in a deluxe pod. So the deluxe and that was yeah. wonderful. It, it, Yes, it has a double bed, which we make up with, you know, with um, a duvet and pillows and whatever. Um, and then it has a pull-out sofa, which would sleep two small children when it's pulled out. Um, it has a little toilet, um, a little breakfast-making bar area with a kettle and toaster, a microwave and a fridge, a little sink, and a cupboard with, um, you know, crockery and cutlery and whatever you would need for breakfast. And then there's a little table and chairs. So it's kind of compact, um, but yeah, not and, well, and, and very comfortable. And then you have, you know, a, a nice little porch area just right outside with chairs. And, okay. and I know we were situated just directly across from the, the animal pen, which was a big draw for my girls. Yeah, that's right. There's a picnic table outside every every pod, and then there's a decking with chairs as well. So there's um, plenty of opportunity to sit out and have a barbecue or picnics or whatever. Um, and then the animals, well, that's and the man here. He's the farmer. <laughs> we have Teddy the donkey. We have got Heidi and Siki who are 
or two goats and a lot of the time it's hide and seek we're playing hide and seek with them because they're <laughs> vanishing over the ditches um, both of them uh, are expecting kids this this spring shortly oh exciting oh yeah and then we've got the four uh, sheep they're a dutch breed of sheep they're lovely black sheep with white stripes on their heads and they're all expecting twins this year and uh, then of course oh my gosh yes <laughs> that's right and then we've we we do have 30 beef cows each of them hopefully will have a calf and um we've got six baby calves already on the farm plus our little doggy oh, daisy wow. and um ducks call ducks and muscovy ducks and aylesbury ducks i sometimes say to people i only <laughs> keep them for the quack but there it is <laughs> Yeah. Well, and and one of the things that that really makes your campground family friendly is that you have a small play area, play area, and then you also have a community fire pit, and uh, that's where everyone gathers in the evenings. I know that, that my girls were uh, pretending to be the s'mores experts this past summer, and uh, but it was just it was just a really great place to you know everybody came in and and talked and shared their stories and what they'd done that day and tips for people who were going exploring the next day. And it was just a really fun communal area. Sure, the reception has uh, is a little bit poor there, but I think you were telling the whole story about the campfire and about the s'mores. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and we do have a campfire. We light it most, most summer evenings. And uh, sometimes um, we would have maybe up to 20 people around that campfire, uh, telling stories, uh, enjoying time with the kids. The, the, the swings and roundabouts, or the, the swing and the nice. slide is, is nearby and the ducks are just behind it. So mm -hmm. it's just a lovely place to sit on late into the evening and enjoy a bit of fun. We sometimes have a bit of music there as well, if there's somebody mm -hmm. along with a guitar or bagpipes or something like that yeah so yeah that's nice and then in our main oh, building good fun we, in our main building we have quite a lot of toys for kids as well and we've got table tennis and pool so people kids and teenagers really enjoy all that don't they mm -hmm. yeah. yeah but and say Jody, yeah it, and i know my girls really did yeah and also people share about where they've been and they get ideas from each other which is lovely as mm -hmm. well I mean, we try to give advice to people as well when they come and uh, find out what they're interested in visiting and give them advice. Um, but they also share advice with each other, which is really lovely. You know, if somebody's been somewhere and they've really enjoyed it, then often you find other people head off the next day. So that's really lovely as well. Exactly. Exactly. And I, I can't stop talking about the, the walking center without mentioning um, the local yogurt and your really, really yummy, warm breakfast scones. <laughs> oh, um, thank you. Yes, the yogurts are really good. They're they're made on the farm in the valley here, and called Glen Ilan Farm, and it's actually David's brother. Um, and um, they are really good. They're beautiful yogurts. Really, you know, um, very. Um, they're just very natural, very natural yogurt. So we serve them in our breakfast bags. With, with their with their country butter as well, which they make on the farm as well. Mm -hmm. And then homemade jam and scones. 
Yeah. It's the best way to start the day. Oh my goodness. <laughs> it was wonderful. Uh-huh. Now, <laughs> um, I know that uh, David had mentioned there are some walking events coming up this summer, as well as a new walk that's that's in the area. Now, are you behind this new walk, David, with the poets, pilgrims, and places? Is this is this some of your doing, or are you just taking part? No, the the poets, pilgrims, and places is is just a a four day, five night. Walking holiday that we have designed, right? We know a, a good friend of ours called Richard White. He's a great character, and he has he lived and worked around here as an agricultural advisor in the seventies and eighties. And he's the kind of guy that uh, he has got such a love of poetry and such a love of nature that when you walk with him at every turn of the road he can pull out a piece of poetry out of his top pocket and read it and it's just perfect for the for the for the occasion you know and then he's so observant about all that he sees around him in nature as well so he's going to be coming with us for the four days walking all all over the the sheep's head we, we'll just pick a different location every day and we'll have a little minibus running out it's easy walking um you know maybe eight or nine mm-hmm. kilometers every day, just depending on people's abilities. And we'll all end up then in some restaurant uh, in the evening and there might be a bit of music and we'll just enjoy each other's company around the campfire maybe. Uh, so it'll be very easy going. Elizabeth will do breakfast for us mm-hmm. and pack lunches. And uh, <laughs> we both of us will probably be able to be on some of the walks and, uh, and Richard White as well. So that happens on june the 19th sunday june the 19th arriving here late afternoon early evening and it runs until friday morning so it's five nights four days i think the price that we've put for that on our um on our website is somewhere like 370 euros for those all together per person sharing and now that does not include the evening meal that's a little bit extra now if you want a real walking week where we do maybe 12 or 14 kilometers a day, starting at the Sheep's Head, uh, walking the first day there, the second day walking down into Bantry, the third and fourth day on the Pilgrim Walk proper. Um, that includes all the all the dinners as well, the evening dinners in a really okay. top restaurant each evening. That comes in around 515 euros per person sharing. I think it's fairly reasonably priced. I, I hope anyway it is. and. Uh, so those two walking weeks, Sheep's Head, St. Finbar's Way, 15th of May for four nights, and the other one is the 18th of September for four nights, five nights, sorry. And uh, so the Poets, Pilgrims and Poets, Pilgrims and Places is the <laughs> 19th of June. There are three walking, walking Excellent. weeks. Excellent. <laughs> yeah. So, th- so those are scheduled walks, but there are, what, there are three three or four um, mapped walks in the area. There's the the Pilgrims, the, the St. Finbar's Way, the Sheep's Head Way, and then you have a local, Drima League has some heritage walks, am I right? It does, it does indeed. So we, we have nine miles of walkways in Drima League itself, we have, yeah. And they're all over private land, uh, generally speaking, uh, valleys and mountain, and they're, they're well, they're well looked after, yeah, yeah. And then, 
let's let's talk a little bit about um, just your your basic things to know about walking in Ireland, because like you just said, a lot of the walks through Ireland are across private land. And that's I mean, that's clear across the country. What should people keep in mind when they are walking uh, these marked walkways across Ireland? What what do they need to know? Um, what should they be sure not to do? And uh, and just basic how to's and how not to annoy the farmers. What do you think, Elizabeth? Well, you, usually the walkways are actually fenced off, so you're not actually walking through okay. a field with cows or whatever. But um, I, I think farmers would really appreciate if people um, respected the fact that there are animals nearby and treated them with respect, really. Um, there are some walkways where dogs are not allowed and some where dogs are allowed. Um, and again, that needs to be respected, really. Um, but apart from that, I, I don't think just things like not throwing litter and just, you know, respecting the environment as well is very, very important. Um, so I think once people do that, respect, you know, the, the environment and the animals, um, the farmers are very happy to have people walking through their land. <laughs> yeah. There are a couple of a couple of fun things in Ireland um, when you are on these walks um, because you're not necessarily opening and closing gates. I know that that my girls are a little uh, enchanted by the kissing gates. Yes. yes. And then you have the the styles, right? That that go up and over. Mm -hmm. That's right. Is yeah. that what is that right? Yes. That the now, now these are all these are all privately maintained. Am I correct, or are those maintained by uh, an organization that kind of keeps the the walking the walking paths uh, traversable? There, they, there, there's a government. The government department is responsible for running what is known as the walk scheme. It's a wonderful scheme that was okay. put in place by Eamon O'Keeve, a, a grandson of Eamon de Valera, who was the founder of the state. And so um, that scheme um, is in place to to open the countryside to the people and to reimburse the farmer by paying him a small amount for the maintenance of the walk. So it's my job okay. as a farmer to maintain the walk, to cut the briars and to keep the surface right and keep the drainage right and pick up the very rare little bit of rubbish that might fall on it from time to time unwittingly. I also look after the car park and I get a remittance from the government for that, as do 18 other farmers okay. in this parish. And actually, West Cork is the, is the county in Ireland with the most uh, walks under that scheme. I think there are 280 farmers in West Cork who are part of that scheme. Oh, wow. Great county like County Mayo, I think there's only 40. So mm -hmm. that shows the extent, okay. the, 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 the quality of the walking in West Cork. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, and, and West Cork has always been known as more of a natural getaway in Ireland. Uh, the Bear Peninsula has has long been regarded as more of your, you know, escape from the the tourists almost. And so I, I suppose it's not surprising that it's, you know, a, a higher percentage of, of walkways and such in the county, as well as the county is the largest. It is the largest indeed, that's right. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the, the Bear Peninsula is particularly beautiful and it attracts a lot of people from continental Europe because it's just so unspoiled mm -hmm. 
and clean and the people are so friendly and it's just lovely it is yeah yeah they've got very good walks in county kerry as well but there's a traditional rivalry rivalry between the cork and the kerry people <laughs> when we get the tourists it's that in, mountain border right. <laughs> when we get the tourists into county cork we like to keep them in county cork if you know what i mean and it's a beautiful area um i know that we spent uh, three days with you and we were reluctant to leave because there was so much that we hadn't done yet but what what three things in west cork should people not miss okay Elizabeth. <laughs> trick question um well i would say missing head is a really it's the most southwesterly point in ireland and and there's a very good interpretive center there and you can go right down to the old lighthouse station and i think it's an it's a very dramatic place to go so i would say that would be one of the places i would say the second one would be bantry house and gardens it's located in the beautiful town of bantry on the coast with some beautiful views and a lovely island called whitty island just about a mile off the coast um, bantry house has got a huge history going way back to the 1700s and uh, it's just a really magnificent place to be. There's uh, a film, well, there's been a number of films shot there, but the, the most recent one uh, was a Belgian film and it's about to be published shortly. So Bantry House is beautiful. Mm -hmm. And there's some lovely people who are on it. We, we know them very well. And then perhaps thirdly, in Chidani, Clonakilty town with the model railway and in Chidani beach, which is right, right beside it. It's beautiful and that would be, you know, get you to a beautiful beach, absolutely gorgeous beach. Oh, those are fabulous recommendations. I love them. So just to to wrap up, um, we've had a wonderful conversation and I thank you so much for, you know, your patience with getting set up and everything and with the storm raging outside. I, I thank you so much for joining me tonight. Um, so if you want to just, uh, we'll wrap up with maybe just a little bit of information about how people can find you, um, some of the some of the highlights of Top of the Rock, and just a, a little, your little closing speech. <laughs> <laughs> well, Julie, um, our website is www.topoftherock.ie. It's actually a website put together by one of your fellow country people. Uh, John Stamberg from America is our web designer. I've never met him in my life, but mm -hmm. you know, uh, we're... he did a wonderful job. Your website is great. So that's John. And um, we're also on Facebook, uh, Facebook Podpark, P O D P, as you can see on the screen, Podpark, and on Twitter as well. Um, effectively, the top of the rock is a place for all seasons where, for those of you in America who like to travel to Ireland off season and get very good rates. I do think that somewhere like the top of the rock is an ideal place, right? Our our climate here in the southwest is very temperate. I waited all last year to get snow uh, and the pods, and all I got was about two hours. <laughs> all right. So for those of you coming to Ireland off season at very reduced rates, there are flights coming into Cork Airport now from America, um, as such. So, um. Our pod park is, it's a very homely place. We, we just love to have people come and we, it's more than a business to us. We, we just love to 
to appreciate people and hear their stories. And Jodie, I must say your visit and your two girls, mm -hmm. it was just so lovely to, to have you with us. And um, uh, we just really, really appreciate your kindness in including us and in doing the wonderful blog that you've done for us and in giving us this tonight. It is, that's just really, really oh, good. It's, it's, it was completely our pleasure. Um, it was our first experience camping in Ireland and uh, my husband was very jealous that he didn't get to join us. So I imagine sometime in the future we will be back. Well, we would love to meet him. And so we would. We wouldn't be. And we, we really enjoyed all the other bits and pieces that you put on the on your on your blogs as well about other parts of Ireland. You know, we, we learned a lot from the other the other places that you visited and featured as well. So thank you for that. So, yeah, oh, thank you for that. Oh, well, no, we appreciate it. And I suppose just finally to say that we, again, we're thinking and praying for Corey mm -hmm. and, and for Liam as well. And um, again, we so appreciate him. And look, um, all we can say is, is that down through the years, especially in our work in our church in Bantry, we've been so uh, blessed by people coming over here from America. Um, we really, really appreciate, and I'm not just saying this because you're American, but we, we just appreciate the heart that American <laughs> people have and the openness and the, just there's something very open about your nature that really corresponds with our with us here in West Cork. And so you're very, very welcome here. Elizabeth, what do you say about that? Yes, I think American folks who come are very appreciative. They really appreciate the beauty of of the landscape but also the beauty of the people as well so you've got a real uh, lovely yes. appreciation and, and that's a lovely thing so thank you very much yes.